Good evening. Merry Christmas. Let us pray. Blessed Lord Jesus Christ, it is our duty and delight to prepare ourselves to hear again the message of the angels and to go in heart and mind back to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass and the babe lying in a manger. Therefore, let us hear again the Holy Scriptures, the tale, the loving purposes of God from the first days of our sin until the glorious redemption brought to us by this holy child. And let us make this house of prayer glad with the carols of praise. Amen. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Four candles, four promises continually offered to us by God. And all of them manifest in this one we light tonight, the Christ candle. In Christ, we find the hope of transformation, the peace that follows justice, the joy of self-fulfillment, in empowering us to make our own unique contributions to this world. In Christ, we find light and life and the courage to be like him, answering his call and following in his footsteps. Would you please join me? We rejoice in God's steadfast presence in our lives and in God's unique presence in the life of Jesus of Nazareth, born of Mary, growing through childhood into an adult ministry, in all his life manifesting the peace, love, and justice of God, <clears throat> voice undimmed by the centuries, his call and his promise as clear to us as it was to his disciples so long ago. Come to us, Lord Jesus. Be born in us this night, in our hearts, in our minds, our lives. May the light of your life be kindled in us and lead us to the shining truth of God with us, God for us, and God in us. Amen.
Okay, the Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah 9, 2, um, and 6 and 7, and then we'll go to Isaiah 11, 1 through 4, and 6 through 9. The people who walk in darkness will see great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on heresy. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lay down with the baby goat. The calf and its yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and his calf will lay down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of the cobra. Yes, a little child will put his hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. Amen. You can stand up if you like.
Our New Testament reading tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast, host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the angels said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And Oh, that's it. 
Let us pray. Father God, this evening we ask that you help us to not only see you in the details of our Savior's birth, but also to see the majesty and the all-consuming love with which you have built this your world and reached down to us from your heaven to not only redeem us, but to remake our broken lives in the likeness of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, this night, this holy night, refresh our vision of and give us a deeper love and gratitude for your one and only Son, our one and only Redeemer. In Jesus' matchless and wonderful name we pray. Amen. Our traditions uh, for Christmas are greatly skewed. There were no donkeys and no oxen or cattle at the nativity. There were no wise men at the nativity. Whoops, sorry, I got Joseph. And do that. But since our uh, sermon is centered on the wise men, let me put them front and center. Actually, these wise men would have been fortunate to have made it to Albuquerque by now. And we don't know that there were three of them. The scripture says wise men, plural. Because there were three gifts, we assume there were three. Okay, now we have it proper. We have a shepherd and his sheep, and Mary and Joseph. One small problem. No stable, nothing, no wooden structure. Jesus was born in a cave. Now that we have got the uh, panorama correct, let's get into it. There's much more to the story about Bethlehem than most of us know. The fields in and around Bethlehem were the source of most of the lambs that were offered at the Jerusalem temple for sacrifice. In Hebrew, Bethlehem, actually in Hebrew it's bet, bet, means house, Bethlehem, the house of bread. But there are those who say in Jesus' day it was known as the house of meat. I'll tell you why. The temple in Jerusalem is only six miles away. Therefore, Bethlehem was uniquely centered, very adjacent to the temple to provide lambs for temple sacrifice. The caves in and around Bethlehem were reserved for nurseries 
for these baby lambs. Bethlehem had a cottage industry of raising sacrificial lambs. The shepherds who attended Christ's birth were not ordinary shepherds. They were Levitical shepherds, for they had license from the temple priest to provide special lambs for sacrifice. By Mosaic law, sacrificial lambs had to be spotless with no blemish, no injuries. Thus they were swaddled or wrapped in strips of cloth, not just to keep them warm, but as a protective coating to keep them from the sharp edges of the rocks. And where did this swaddling come from? These were special lambs, therefore they had special swaddling. All the furnishings in God's temple were holy and could not be disposed of, could not be discarded, even when they were worn out. Therefore, the temple priest undergarments were made of linen. And when they wore out, they would tear them into strips and give them to the shepherds to wrap these special lambs. I believe that apart from the angel's announcement to the shepherds that Christ the Savior was born, I believe the Holy Spirit imparted to these shepherds a profound meaning of beholding the Christ child not only in a manger reserved for these lambs, but wrapped in their swaddling. The shepherds were given to understand that scripture was being fulfilled before their very eyes. They were beholding the Lamb of God. And this was their joy as they broadcast throughout the city the promised one is here. Messiah is here. Let's read the text. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Take note of that sentence. It's very important. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and was, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called for a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is this Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when they saw the star and when it first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I too may go and worship him. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star 
they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Remember that sentence. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's dig down really deep into this passage. There are some treasures to behold. Verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship. How did they know it was his star? And who are these wise men? They've been called kings, They've been called wise men. They are wise, but they are not kings. But they are as powerful as kings. Our traditions say there were three, but there were many more, at least 1,000. Most agree closer to 2,000. The wise men were the magi. And the magi were a nomadic tribe that dated back to the time of Abraham. They were astrologers. They were mystics. They were soothsayers. They were not kings, but king makers. They presided over the selection of kings as part of the royal court. The magi, over the course of time, had made their way into the upper echelons of Babylonian society and the succeeding Medo-Persian Empire. And during the time of Christ, they ruled over the only empire Rome could not conquer, Persia. You will remember the story of Daniel, that during the Babylonian captivity of the Jews, God gave Daniel the ability to interpret a dream that none of Nebuchadnezzar's sages could interpret. And Thereby, Daniel was elevated to chief of the Magi. Chief of the Magi in the Babylonian kingdom. Listen to this, most interesting. Philo, the Jewish philosopher who lived in the time of Christ, recorded that there was a school of Magi in Babylon known as the Eastern School which unlike many of the Magi who had been corrupted with heathen mythology, the Eastern school was filled with wisdom from the God of Israel. It is believed that many of these Magi were Jewish, for many of the Jews did not return from the exile in Babylon, but stayed there. And we know from Scripture that the greatest of all the Magi in Babylon was Daniel who was promoted to overseer of the entire kingdom of the Medes and Persians under Darius. Daniel chapter 6. Scholars believe the Magi who came to worship Jesus were of this sect, the Eastern sect, who followed the teachings of Daniel. This sect knew the prophecies from the Torah. Show slide number two, please. 
They knew Genesis 49.10. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of Shiloh. Who's Shiloh? Jesus, Messiah. The one to whom it belongs. That's what Shiloh means in Hebrew. The one to whom it belongs. He ties his foal to a grapevine. The colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in blood. Sound like revelations? We get messianic prophecy all the way in the book of Genesis. This sect of Magi knew the prophecy God had given Daniel, the 70 weeks of Daniel. And we believe Daniel had given them charge to watch the stars and study the scriptures to pinpoint Messiah's advent. Well, watch the stars. It gets real interesting. Are we talking astrology? Yes, we are. Where do you think astrology came from? Satan developed it as a false religion. Satan always counterfeits what God has ordained. God developed the study of the stars and Satan perverted it. Satan directed the pharaohs of Egypt through astrology. He continues to direct today's occult through astrology. Satan copies everything of God and turns it into counterfeit. But you can't have a counterfeit without an original. God arranged the planets and the stars to speak of his wonders. He spoke to the patriarchs, Adam, Seth, Enoch, in the stars. He wrote hieroglyphics upon the stars, symbols that we call constellations. And through his spirit revealed to the patriarchs how he would redeem his broken creation. The constellations represented the original gospel story before there was parchment. The Magi knew how to read the gospel story in the stars and they confirmed it with written scripture. Show us slide three, please. They knew Numbers 24:17. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. And they knew the 70 weeks prophecy of Daniel. Show us slide four, please. And from history, the Magi knew that the clock on the 70 weeks of Daniel had started ticking in 444 B.C when Cyrus, king of Persia, ordered that the temple and the city of Jerusalem be rebuilt. Ezra chapter 1, Ezra chapter 6. They also knew that the city and its walls were not completed until 395 B.C., 49 years later. Seven weeks. They knew that each day in these prophetic weeks was a prophetic year of 360 days. The Jewish calendar, 360 days. 
From there, they calculated that in 434 years, Messiah would be suddenly put to death, per the scriptures. This made it possible for them to calculate the general time of arrival of Messiah, the anointed one. In most cultures, more especially in the Hebrew culture, manhood was not achieved until age 30. And when they saw the star, they knew it's time to saddle their camels. But you don't ride 700 miles on camel in a week. Not when you're escorted by an army of up to 3,000 men. The, tri the trip took 10 months. So no way these guys were at the nativity. I believe the star of Bethlehem was a phenomenon, a star created specifically for the advent of the Lord Jesus and not a clockwork alignment of existing stars, as some propose. Matthew 2.9, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Stars don't do that. The North Star is fixed. It does not move. It does not travel. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Why? They knew the scriptures better than the scribes and teachers in Israel. They knew who this child was. Verse 11. They entered the house. Did you catch that? They entered the house. Not a cave, not a stable. Joseph and Mary had moved to a house in those 10 months. And they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. You don't worship what you don't believe in. And you don't bring him treasure chests full of gold, frankincense, and myrrh if you have doubts about who he is. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Scholars believe that this bounty is what financed Joseph's flight to Egypt. That's where he got the finances to take his wife and child to Egypt and camp out there until Herod died. And why do we think these wise men were accompanied by a thousand or more soldiers? Treasure chest filled with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh were liquid gold, more valuable by weight than gold. Plus, these men were of the royal court of Persia with the rank of kings. They came with protection. Also, Persia was an arch enemy of Rome. Israel was a small and relatively unprotected outpost on the skirts of the Roman Empire. Therefore, King Herod was shaking in his sandals. When the Magi show up with an army of at least 2,000, Herod's shaking in his sandals. Why? Because his personal army is at the other end of the territory taking care of business. So Jerusalem is undefended, and here come Persians with an army. <clears throat> Herod felt that it, at best, 
the Magi's search for this newborn king was a ruse, that they were really enemy spies scouting out Israel for an oncoming attack. But they were, in fact, true believers in the prophesied king of kings and savior of the world. They were willing to risk their wealth and their lives to meet King Jesus. And this is the reason they bowed and worshiped. Now you can say, well, I, I don't know. This is a, it sounds like a lot of speculation. And if all this is truly important, why is it more said about it in Scripture? The fact is, it's not greatly important. But what is important, that we, like the Magi, believe and we bow down and worship the Lord of all. In summary, the truly important takeaway for you tonight is this. Christ's incarnation is identification. John 1.14 is actually a Christmas text. Think about it. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus will be human for all eternity. He will wear the scars he bore for us on Calvary for all eternity. That's identification. He did not resurrect in the flesh to revert to spirit once he ascended into heaven. He ascended into heaven in the flesh and will be flesh for all eternity. That's identification. Jesus moved into the neighborhood and he's still here. Emmanuel, God with us. By way of his spirit, he indwells us, walks before us and behind us, encompasses us on all sides. God with us. If you're asking yourself this Christmas, where's my blessing? I really could use a special blessing this Christmas. Show us slide five, please. Here's your blessing. Isaiah 43. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. That's you and me. God's word is eternal and it's more alive in these end times than it has ever been. I'm doing a new thing and I'm doing it in your very own heart in your very own life. And it's glorious because it's my glory. Show slide six, please. My glory in you, living out loud through you, it is glorious because my favor is on you. I am for you. You are my child and therefore nothing can separate you from me, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither your fears for today or your worries about tomorrow. 
Not even the powers of hell can separate you from my love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from my love, which is the love I have revealed to you in my Son. Sound familiar? Romans 8.38. If fear has cast a dark shadow over you this year, this season, here's your hope. Here's your Christmas gift from Father God. John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back again for you. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus, come thou long-expected Jesus. Come in the fullness of your most Holy Spirit this night. Consume each of us with your refiner's fire. Purify our hearts and minds with the power of your word. Give to us of your heart in this and every season that we may be keepers of your promises, bearers of your light and love. Break our hearts for that which breaks yours. Give to us of your passion for the lost and the hurting those in deepest grief and despair. Make us what you have called us to be, salt and light. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand up? This is a, a beautiful scripture reading. Most appropriate for a candle lighting. The words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 5. This is from the message. Jesus speaking to our hearts. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, I'm not going to hide you under a bucket. No. I'm putting you on a light stand. I'm putting you on a hilltop. So shine, shine, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Make it so, Lord Jesus. Make it so. You may be seated. Well, let's stand. Who's, who's leading us in our closing hymn? We were guessing it was us. <laughs> yes, come, Linda.
we're going to do this a cappella. Okay. standing, I'll pray a benediction and blessing over us. Lord Jesus, we bless your name. You alone are our treasure. You alone are our blessing. Your loving kindness is the only gift we truly need this Christmas. You are the light of the world, the bright and morning star. You are the sun. We are your moon. Shine on us, Lord Jesus, so we may reflect your glory. Bless us with your presence in our lives. Set us ablaze with the fire of your most Holy Spirit. And Father, go before us this night, this season, and throughout the coming year. Direct our paths by the light of your Spirit and the lamp of your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Blessings to you all.